Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree, and today I have the host and creator of Feeling Film Podcast, or I should say Feelin' Film Podcast, Aaron White on, and we talk about the 2019 film Sonic the Hedgehog, and how it was a shocking surprise that it was good. Uh, we talk about that while you also, if you're on YouTube, you can see some gameplay footage of me playing Sonic Mania decently not not terribly not wonderfully just okay uh i want to thank my sponsor galway bay located at 500 west diversity parkway and galway needs something special uh right now businesses are beginning to reopen in chicago right now uh mostly i think because we have uh, a five percent uh covid positivity rate and because Chicago's been doing such a good job at it, uh, they've been uh, beginning the process of reopening businesses. So Galway is looking for people who can, can give them like toiletries, stuff like napkins and 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 towels and uh, you know things to dry off, things to wipe up the counter, maybe some disinfectant, you know, stuff like that. Anything that you can provide to help them out would be amazing. They are located at 500 West Diversity Parkway. And if for a little bonus, if you want to buy their uh, some of their products, such as T-shirts, which I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing my Predator T-shirt from them. Um, uh, glasses and uh, coasters, you can get that on there as well. That The link to that will be in the description below, as it always is. Um, having said that, uh, we're going to dive into our conversation about Sonic. I hope you enjoy it, and of course, if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to subscribe to that. Feel free, feel free to subscribe to this podcast, and feel free to subscribe to Aaron's podcast over at Feelin' Film. Okay, having said that, I hope you guys enjoy the show. All right. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. Hello, everyone, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Uh, today, I have Aaron White, the creator of Feelin' Film Podcast. You could find it virtually everywhere. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about a video game movie that is kind of a miracle, not in terms of like... Oh, this is an incredible film, but kind of like a miracle in terms of that it got made. Uh, and that movie is Sonic the Hedgehog, a movie that came out in 2019, in which I was telling uh, Aaron a few moments ago, like, it feels like it came out like 10 years ago since uh, I saw it in a theater. And, uh, man, what, what, what a journey this film has been through. I mean, you think about, like, the Super Mario Brothers film. That movie came out 27 years ago. Gosh, and that long? That's, yeah, I think so. It was 1992 or 93, I think. Uh, and let me actually, I gotta look that up, actually. But, yeah, that movie came out, I believe, like, 23 years ago. And you would think then that Sonic the Hedgehog would have come out, you know. And, because that's when Sony, uh, not Sony... Okay, yeah, 93. Uh, that was when Sega and Nintendo were really buttonheads in that deep competition. Now, you find Sega games on Nintendo platforms. <laughs> and uh, it's just... Uh, 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 and now, somehow, 27 years later, 
Sonic the Hedgehog had his movie come out, and it was more successful than the Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, having said that, uh, uh, oh wait, where are I? So, having said that, how do you have you? What was the last time you saw this movie? Do you think it's a good movie, or is it just like a good video game movie? Well, it has been a whopping. 16 hours since I've seen this movie because <laughs> I rewatched it uh, for yeah, the yeah. show. But now I saw it back in the theaters uh, when it came out. I went and checked it out then, and I was really pretty excited for it because I love gaming, and we talked about that. And part of why I wanted to come on the show for this is just because I am such a huge video gamer, and so I'm always going to be excited about video game adaptations. I'm also always going to be very reserved in my optimism for them because mm-hmm. we know how they usually turn out mm-hmm. but sonic was less about me caring about sonic i don't have mm-hmm. a huge history with him and his games in particular i was more of a nintendo guy growing up but just the idea of any game character especially an iconic game character like sonic who is the face of sega gaming in every single way for him to finally have a movie and and what this film went through to get made after almost falling on its face and usually you just don't see the industry pick itself up like it did with this one and so yeah i was pumped man and i i think that it turned out really well i enjoyed it the first time and i was pleasantly surprised that i enjoyed it the second time and sometimes you know that's not the case you'll go see it that first time and you're like okay I was surprised, and, and this was better than I expected. But then you watch it a second time, and you're like, eh, now the flaws kind of stick out. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's still fun. I mean, it's not great. It's not perfect. It's not like the best movie ever in the world. It's not something you're going to watch over and over and over and over again. But it's just fun. It's an hour and a half of pretty decent laughs, you know, and a cute little hedgehog on the screen. And it made me want a sequel, so... I can't really complain about it. Yeah, it's I I enjoyed it. I didn't think I loved it. Um do I do I think it's like a good movie movie or good video game movie? I think it's like a good kids film. And uh it's something that you could enjoy like with your kids like like for instance if you grew up with Sonic or knowing about Sonic like I like you as well. Uh am a Nintendo guy. Uh Oddly enough, during like the SNES slash Sega Genesis sort of generation, I was sort of out of the loop during that time. I, I don't know why my parents ever told me they never bought me like a you know Genesis or SNES at the time, but I just remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog with my friends, and uh, it's like for someone like me to go in and see these things I recognize and all these little winks to other Sonic games that I noticed specifically like there were some poses that he did that were like on the cover art during the Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast games that 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 was cool but at the same time it has a likable cast with the fun protagonist and it actually has uh, an appropriate amount of growth for that main character and and all the side characters sort of stand out in their own little way you know you have the uh, you have Tom's girlfriend and then, uh, you know, she's kind of like this open-ended yoga lady. And then you got her kind of like naggy sister. And then you got Adam Polly who plays Wade, sort of like the idiot at the uh, 
police station, you know, who's kind of like, uh, who was that character they made fun of in Scary Movie that was, uh, uh, that that was like the cop from Scream. He kind of plays like that version mm-hmm. of the character. Dewey. Yeah. He's like a Dewey. Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. He's David like Arquette. Doofy. Yeah. Yeah. Doofy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Doofy was yeah. the the make the scary movie version. Yeah. Yeah. He was like Doofy. He's like, Duh, what do I do? Which is a little too much for me, but that's okay. The movie luckily wasn't too extra. It was just the right amount of like silly. And Jim Carrey. Uh, I think he was perfect for Dr. Robotnik. Uh, like, the way they filmed that movie, which you could tell, and it wasn't so IMDb, I found it out. They literally just would put Jim Carrey in a room, you know, with a bunch of computers, and they'd say, okay, go. <laughs> and he'd just do his own thing. And, yeah, I think all those things kind of work together in this movie that, you know, it, it's very 90s-esque in spirit. It has a ton of plot holes, and it know it does, and it doesn't care. And it winks at the camera, and it doesn't care. But it doesn't do it too much, which is nice. And they don't put in too many elements in the movie. You know, they could have put in knuckles. They could have put in uh, like a million other things. And instead, they focused it on putting Sonic into our world and kind of introducing him and the, the rest of the characters. And you know, I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable film in, in that regard. I, it, it could have been one of those movies where you're waiting for the CGI character to come up, and you're like, oh, God, they're cutting to the human characters. You know, It could have been like Tim Burton's Dumbo, mm-hmm. for instance, but it wasn't. And you know, for that, it was a pleasant surprise and a miracle that it got made. Yeah, I think that what I would say is, for Jim Carrey specifically, this is the most I've liked him in years. And yeah. I don't really love his comedy, generally speaking. Um, even going back to the 90s movies I grew up on, things like Ace Ventura and, you know, uh, was he in Liar Liar? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But, like, films yeah. like that, right? That real slapsticky comedy is not my favorite thing. And he kind of finds that zone in this movie with the character. It's perfect for that. But he's not the focal point and I think that that's the key is like he is only in a few scenes like a few Mm -hmm. extended moments of this film out of an hour and a half and when you get him in like this smaller condensed like experience he is able to really elevate his shtick and it becomes entertaining whereas if you had to endure that character for the entire runtime of the movie I think he would wear himself out in a heartbeat, and you'd be so tired of him, and you'd be like, enough is enough. Like, this guy Mm -hmm. is annoying. But because he's only there a minimal amount of time, I think he plays off well when you don't have that kind of same thing going on with Sonic. Because Sonic's character, and frankly, one of the things I noted when I saw it the first time, and it really shockingly held up the second time, unfortunately, is that Ben Schwartz is the voice actor who does Sonic. It's not my favorite voice performance in the world. In fact, it's really bland. It's really mm-hmm. boring. It doesn't, like, I don't love it in any any way. I, I think it's kind of one of the weaker points of the movie is his voice performance because it just doesn't leave me, It doesn't. it's not memorable. Um, but it's not over the top either. It's attempting to be superhuman. Not superhuman, but, like, very human. He's attempting to essentially blend in with the human character's vocally even if he doesn't look like them and so i i think that that dichotomy i guess in the way you see sonic interacting with tom and and maddie and then 
you get Robotnik coming in out of nowhere with just this absolute, you know, turned it up to 11 crazy, and it makes him just shock entertaining in a shocking way. Yeah, I, I it's funny with Schwartz. It's I thought he was just kind of average as well. He wasn't great, but I, I like that they actually intentionally made his character annoying because I was like, God, like how could I watch this movie with these two annoying guys? But they're intentionally made that way, and you just get enough of them where you know they're not driving you up the wall as an audience member. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think one thing that makes this one successful in my opinion is there is what i think is a kind of a two different paths you have to go on when you're adapting a film or adapting a video game into a film there are video games like sonic and there are video games like let's use the last of us as an example one kind of game is entirely based off of the gameplay sonic is a game that you play and you enjoy the mechanics of the game which are always running going fast going in circles collecting rings the narrative of the game is not what drives the gameplay if that makes sense right yeah you're you're just you're just going through levels to experience different versions of puzzles and with your character doing a thing whereas like a last of us or a game that is driven by its narrative Mm -hmm. is so different when you're adapting that so like a tomb raider i guess would be even a better example because we had that one a couple years ago and it Mm -hmm. largely adapted that video game reboot from 2013 um, straight to the screen so that's kind of easier because you have a story that you're trying to copy but when you're doing sonic man i thought this was going to be a bomb because there's no real story like the only story is it's so minimal it's just, okay, Sonic's here, and yes, he's against this Dr. Robotnik guy. And they have to kind of make everything else up as they go, which can be really difficult to build it around, build a whole movie around the idea of a concept, of like a, a video game mechanic of going fast. And that's where I thought that they succeeded. Because I felt like the way that they showed us Sonic going fast the way that he gets his iconic shoes in this game was a little sweet little heartfelt moment. You know, the way that the rings are a motif in this movie in a big way. Um, there's a ring in his window. Uh, in his, The window in the attic is a ring. Dr. Robotnik's goggles are rings. The you know jet that he attacks Sonic in has these hover rings around on the sides of it. Like, that's what the hovercraft has. And so there's always rings everywhere, and it really puts that into the movie visually. That and then just the way that they depict him running, I think brilliantly captured that feeling you have, especially when you were a kid, and we hadn't played anything anywhere close to as fast as Sonic when we just had Nintendos and Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers is a very slow, side-scrolling game that was the hit at the time, and here comes Sonic... And that was what Sega wanted to do. That was their whole point, was they wanted to, like, blow it all up by, like, giving you something crazy. All their commercials were Blast engine. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, drink energy drinks and, you know, <laughs> essentially, like, do cocaine and play video games. That's what, that's, the, that's what the mindset was, right? Yeah. And so Sonic, I think that the movie captures that, and that's what I needed it to do. And so as long as the story is okay, 
and doesn't sink the movie, I thought it, that's what it needed to do to be a successful adaptation. And that's they did a good job. They didn't try to make it too serious. I think if they'd have tried to make the story like the whole point of the movie, then it probably would have flopped. But they put enough effort into the visual aspect of really making you feel Sonic that mm -hmm. it was able to be a success. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point because what I really uh, appreciated with this movie that other movies try to do is like if you look at something like Super Mario Brothers, you know, you, there's not something, there's not a lot of story you could do with it. It's just the mechanics. You know, you have the Mushroom Kingdom, you have Mario and Luigi, they jump around and they stop on Goobas and, and stop King Koopa from capturing Princess Peach. And of course, they went in a completely different direction with that film in 93 which I actually am one of the few people on the first face of the earth who actually enjoyed that movie I didn't mind it, it was totally different uh, but what they did with Sonic was they stayed true to the material but also changed things up a bit but not too much where it would disturb the fan base and I think just being able to rely on the mechanics of a game rather than the story really made it shine where you can kind of do what you want as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, and create uh, a tale that the audience can enjoy. You know, if you... I, I am... I have my concerns about the Uncharted film, you know, which is also Naughty Dog, like The Last of Us. Oh, man. Because, yeah. Like, already, like, Tom Holland. I'm like, Tom Holland? Like, I, I guess as a young Nathan Drake, I guess you're just going to play that whole sequence from... The third and fourth games were your young Nathan, but it's like, I, I, why are they doing this? <laughs> it's my favorite video game franchise probably ever, so yeah. I have a level of anxiety slash excitement about that film that is just, it puts me through the ringer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't see how they're going to pull that, because Uncharted and Last of Us and all those kind of games... Those are already movies. You know, yes. to make a movie off of something that's already a movie is, like, unless you're going to do something totally different, cool. I think HBO uh, is working with the Chernobyl guy to make a Last of Us mm -hmm. miniseries. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, which if they do, I really hope it's not about Joel and it's not about uh, Ellie. It's about some totally different characters. It, it you know, is so, about Joel and Ellie. I hate to ruin it for you, but it it's it has already been. It's Neil Druckerman. Uh, Druckerman is working with uh, Craig Mazin on it. They did say they're going to expand the scope of the first game, but that is where they're starting with it. Uh, uh, so, yeah. I know, I know. It's it's yeah, but something like The Witcher. Right, The Witcher kind of went to the books, which was the mm -hmm. original material that that game yeah. series was based off of, which allowed it to do some things that weren't in the games yet. Um, and yeah. so that's kind of what you want. You want an expansion of the world, because I completely agree with you. Like, yeah. cinematic in a video game is as good or better than a ton of animated movies that come out every year. So, yeah. like, why do you need to try and re reinvent that wheel? Yeah. And I, I just don't know what they're gonna do as an expansion with the Last of Us, because like you could make it, it; it's still an apocalypse. There's still so many people. There's still so many incredible stories you could. I mean, the reason the Mandalorian worked was because it was about things that 
in the Star Wars universe that wasn't put on screen before. You know, eventually they put in the stuff we know, but they trickled them in in an appropriate manner. That's what I like to see with this other stuff. You know, expand a universe, or, well, there's not much of a universe in Last of Us. The whole world, you know, turned into the Mushroom Kingdom if it, been, if it went through hell. Uh, but still... I'd like to see that, but yeah, at least with Sonic, they, they had the room to breathe and to do something totally uh, different with it, where, well, not totally different, but something where it's grounded in Earth, and, you know, they didn't, like, turn it into this crazy steampunk thing like they did with Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I mean, the only thing in Sonic that was weird that they added was they had in the beginning Long Claw, which is like this owl slash mom to Sonic in the beginning that... The CGI really stood out as fake at the opening of the film. I'm like, oh god, no! But then as the movie he's goes being on, chased and... by Ewoks, basically. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. What were those things? I yeah. was like, I don't even know what those guys are. Yeah, like I don't remember those in the games at all. Like I'm not a big fan of the games, but even as someone who has played, you know, like the first two and or maybe first three, I don't know. And Knuckles and the uh, Dreamcast games, which is like that was a huge. Sega memory for me was the Dreamcast, which I don't know why none of those documentaries about, you know, the Sega versus Nintendo games, like, where's the whole, like, and then Sony came in and and destroyed the competition because Nintendo screwed them over when they said they were going to make a CD-based uh, console design off of them, and then went behind their back and actually made their own console, and that pissed Sony off, and, like, where's that story? Yeah, they it's always... so juicy. They always end before Sony comes in and really takes over like you said um it is interesting we actually interviewed the guys who wrote console wars the book and then made oh. the documentary um at the in the fall of last year we got to sit down and talk with them and it was great i just we got to geek out with them and and i've always loved the book console wars which is about mm. that whole battle as well uh, which is where a lot of my sonic knowledge comes from because i didn't play yeah. all the games but i'm with you um i actually agree on the cgi but i think that I found it nice, to be honest, because it gave him a little bit of a backstory. It grounded him. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. It grounded the character for me as one who needed to experience growth. Because it gave you a backstory in a really brief moment where now we know that Sonic is a person, character, whatever, hedgehog, who has regrets because he did not listen to the person that he cares about and therefore he got that person hurt because he wouldn't stop pushing the limit right and just doing what he wanted to do and so he has to kind of learn how to get past that and, and be able to and then the movie actually you know goes back and forth with him and Tom sacrificing for each other over and over it's actually pretty heartwarming stuff the way that they constantly sacrifice and choose to put the other person first I mean like as quote-unquote human beings i know one of them's not but like they're great role models comparatively to <laughs> people in most movies and then the yeah. only other time we get any real lore from it is outside of robotnik is there at the end when there's a stinger uh for tails which excited me and had my theater going all crazy and so i like that they, like you said they didn't try to throw all of that into one movie but they put it in that teaser so that okay if it does well enough here's somewhere we can go but we also understand that we can't just throw it all at you right now because it's not – you've got to build up to that. Um, you got to kind of earn 
your your way to having that additional content, or it would just get too stuffed and nothing would matter. Yeah, and, and it's incredible, like the full 180 they went with the CGI because it, I think everybody oh remembers God. this movie was so, so notorious. Bad. Yeah, I I I knew it was bad when I saw the original design. It, it looked like nightmare fuel. But I didn't realize how bad it was until someone put, like, a side-by-side of the original trailer compared to the new trailer with some of the same shots that they used. Whoa. Yeah, you know, I think the reason that happened uh, from what I took down in my notes was I think that the company who made it... Oh, the animator Paramount expected that Sonic fans... Uh, would object to the redesign, but the general audience would care for something that's a little more human, sort of like what they did with the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And yet, yeah, nobody likes that. And I really have to give the uh, the director of the film, Jeff Fowler, all the credit in the world, because they did something that I wish... More game companies, you know, <coughs> Konami uh, would do, which is they actually went back and redesigned that character, pushed back the release date of the movie. It was supposed to come out, I think, like during Thanksgiving or something like that. And they pushed it during like, Valentine's Day or something like that, like mid February, and it worked out. And the and and when the new trailer came out and the new design came out, everybody praised that new look and, and thank god they did that i mean it really captured what sonic would look like and that's something you don't see with a lot of movies once you see the original design of something that's it you're done but luckily because it was cgi they were able to readjust that and i think a lot of the blatant product placement in the film probably had to pay the bills to you know to redesign that character but you know that's a great point i didn't even think of that but that is maybe a good reason why some of it was there and that is one of the the worst parts of the movie that stupid Olive Garden joke is just I mean it's it's funny the first time right when Tom and Maddie are just jokingly in their house and randomly Olive Garden comes up in conversation (laughs) and they're like because when you're there you're family but the way that it shows up at the end with the government coming and giving them a $50 Olive Garden gift card is just so over the top, unbelievably stupid that it takes it out of being funny at that point, and and it just ruins that whole ending, like little section there before they, it, you know, redeems itself because it, the movie actually ends with them taking Sonic to the attic and letting him be a part of the family, which is great. But that whole joke is just terrible, and I'd never thought of it that way. But you're probably right; they did have to pay for those redesigns some way but yeah thank i'm glad they did um i think that their movie would have tanked and made nothing if yeah. they didn't do that and so they saved i don't even what do you know what the box office haul was did it make its money back by chance i gotta i gotta look it up i had to check box office mojo but i mean i know they're working on the sequels so that's good and so uh but i do remember it was a success in the end you know it was a 306 million holy moly oh okay you got it before you made 306 million sure did yeah and the budget was 81 to 95 million so yeah so even with uh, marketing costs they probably made at least 100 million i made plenty off of it yeah that man thank god 
Hey, I'm <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited to see what they're gonna do with the sequel. I'm excited to see Knuckles. I'm excited to see Tails. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with the Mushroom Planet. You know, it, it, it's amazing how they took the rings and really transformed them into a piece of the narrative. As you were pointing out, you know, everything was sort of ring-shaped, you know, through Dr. Robotnik's goggles, to the bag of his jet engine, you know, to the rings itself. Like, the levels weren't just recreations of things we know in the game. It was actually, like, a central focal point emotionally for Sonic, where it's like, I don't want to leave Earth. This is the only place I know where there's other people. I don't want to be left alone in this mushroom place where there's nothing. And now we know in the sequel he's going to have to go to that mushroom place and fight Robotnik at one point because he's going to come back to Earth and and start a whole bunch of chaos. You know, maybe with the Chaos Emeralds, who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I, I also like that it's a wholesome depiction of a town and it champions this idea of you are doing what's important in life by protecting the people that you care about and love. And you don't have to do this big thing necessarily, that that's not the path for everyone. Um, and it's a really sweet relationship. Like, the marriage between Tom and Maddie is adorable. I mean, like, they mm -hmm. just, they fit. There's no drama between them. That's the other thing I like. Like, movies these days, there always has to be conflict in any sort of marriage or relationship and it's interracial marriage on top of that like it's a yeah. perfectly executed you don't even think about it as being interracial marriage because yeah they never bring it up no, they're they not like exactly she's not like i as a black woman like there's no lines exactly. like that in there it's like yes. oh thank god like you know it, it, you don't have to and even yeah. her sister who jokingly kind of hates tom for whatever reason it's not like oh because that's a white guy it's just that she thinks he's a dopey, you know, joke of a cop in a small town and that she could do better. So it really yeah. doesn't have anything to do with that. I just I thought that that was really kind of a, a pleasant bonus in this movie. Yeah, and you could kind of build her own backstory there. You know she doesn't have a husband at home and her kids there, so it's like maybe it's something to do with a previous relationship and that's why she's bad. And, you know, you kind of connect to that. It's not like, you're not going out with that white boy or something like that. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. They did that. Uh, but no, their, their relationship is great. And yeah, it, it's nice that they're kind of like in the lovey dovey sort of part of the relationship where everyone's in love with each other and they finish each other's sentences. And yeah, that was cute. And I, yeah, the, these characters you enjoy, you don't have to have them having big fights or anything like that. And that's why the human characters work. You know, unlike a lot of other animated movies that have human characters where you're just marking time for them to leave. Uh, but, you know, and, and especially thank, thank, thank God that Dr. Robotnik is actually a human and you could make of that. I love the little Apocalypse Now reference they do when he's shaving his head. He's got that big cartoony mustache. I didn't even think it was Apocalypse Now until like, I kind of I, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That, that's Marlon Brando. Yeah. Like, how did I know how did that not? It is. And, and, well, and, and he says, you know, I, I love the reconnaissance joke. I'm sorry. No, like, yeah. I, it's so dumb. But like, my gosh, I remember walking out of the theater being like we would we were walking down the street, my kids and I. And, you know, there was like little rocks in the you know, median or whatever with trees and stuff. And I would, I kicked them and I'm like, reconnaissance, you know? And like, so I would, <laughs> so when a movie like gives you that kind of a joke that you can take into your everyday world, that's kind of a real cool thing. But yeah, that's a, 
I think it's set up well for the Robotnik that we've seen in a lot of the games with that exas- exaggerated mustache and the bald head of you know, making him Mr. Eggman or whatever, yeah. which they do make that joke at one point in the movie as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's certainly with some of the supporting characters like his, his, uh, his protege, I guess, uh, Agent Stone, uh, the guy who always beats up, like that dude could pick up. He could appear in the second film and just like betray him because he's like, "You treat me like crap. I don't like you," you know, <laughs> and do something like that. Um, when so we talked about that, I'm wondering uh, where do you think they could go? You know, with uh, the next Sonic film. Well, I think you know you're gonna have it mostly probably centered around Robotnik coming back and wanting revenge and Tails showing up probably means that somehow some way Tails is going to end up getting kidnapped and need rescuing or something that feels like a very common narrative of a sequel kind of a story mm-hmm. I, I just don't see what else I don't know anything from the games like yeah. lore. It doesn't have that to draw on, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little concerned about that because there. I don't know. I mean, I would like to yeah. see him go to different worlds. I would like him to end up somehow world hopping. You know, maybe Robotnik has found his way off of the Mushroom Planet and he's on a different world wrecking havoc, and so tails. You know, comes to get Sonic. Maybe, maybe he makes his way to to Sonic's world, and now Tails comes to get Sonic because they've got to go to Sonic's world and save it from Robotnik. Now, if you do that, obviously, it looks like that might mean a lot of CGI for all of the Sonic-like characters, which that could be problematic too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that could be because they're putting in Tails, Sonic, Knuckles, and then I think the 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 plot's gonna revolve around the. Uh, the chaos emeralds he's gonna bounce between worlds collect these emeralds he's gonna create like a big glowy thing monster boss fight in the end for a big cgi third act battle that they'll do which i'm okay with um but yeah i hope they don't try to shove too much in there i hope they don't try to batman v superman this where like everything that we know from the games are are, are sort of clumped together I mean, the thing that worked with this film that you pointed out that I, that, that I really enjoyed was it did have a wholesome message. You know, it wasn't like Tom goes to San Francisco and he's happy and he's got a new big life and woohoo. It's more like, oh no, Tom has this little community of people that appreciate and like him and he's there to defend them and uh, that's all he needs. He doesn't need these big, huge glamorous dreams that Hollywood likes to sort of make as like their thematic trumpet for every movie. Every movie has to be like he became famous and da, 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 da. it's just more like no this is just a small little town and this guy likes being there and that was a nice little diversion from the usual sort of themes that they implement in most films. Yep I would totally agree I think that that sets it apart and you know gives it that quality that makes it a better movie to watch with the kids too it's just i think it makes it more accessible too for a little bit of an older audience like you can get away with a certain age of kids by just showing them a blue hedgehog doing a bunch of cool running around the screen um and then that older crew needs a little bit more story and i think that your teenagers kind of can latch on to that in this one 
Yeah. It's funny. One thing I always wish they did with this movie is I wish they made the movie about Crazy Carl. Because that would take it in some very interesting directions where, you know, he's a guy who's been beaten up in life. Nobody pays attention to him. He's always seen this blue hedgehog that he called the Blue Devil. And then everyone believes him and he could rise to his status where the community believes him. And he makes real changes like this crazy homeless guy to, you know, someone else. But maybe that's geared towards a much older audience. But I always just thought, man, that, that would be a really different direction to go. But they could do something with that character in the next film who knows they Except could he's kind of hilarious there at the end with his chainsaw swinging it around like a crazy man yeah <laughs> i love that i love the officer um officer wade how when he goes yeah. he's like all right carl carl give me the give me the chainsaw <laughs> yeah 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 i kept thinking uh that actor adam Pauly was in breaking bad was he in breaking bad wasn't he one of uh, i haven't seen the whole thing so uh, <laughs> a terrible okay. person i know he, no, no, it's all right. He he wasn't from what I checked, which kind of shocks me. I thought he was like one of those stoner, like sidekicks to uh, Jesse in, in the show, but I guess he wasn't. I'm like, ah, he just looks and sounds exactly like him. I, I'm pretty sure like anyone who watches Breaking Bad would know exactly who I'm referencing. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, a miracle. I mean, let's talk about how like this movie is. How did this movie end up getting made, like? Almost 30 years after Sonic the Hedgehog was a huge deal because, you know, Sonic and Sega, they're not as big as other franchises now. You know, you have God of War, you have Uncharted, you have, uh, uh, like, The Last of Us. I know I'm picking out all Sony uh, games because I have a bias. I mean, you could, you could do Doom, which they did do Doom, uh, poorly, uh, but somehow they came up with Sonic, and still, 30 years later, it worked, where Nintendo's still like, I don't know, we don't know if we want to make a Mario Brothers film. I think they were talking about doing one, but it's going to be a cartoon. Which, which it should. <laughs> yes, there's absolutely nothing that resembles real life. You can't bring Super Mario into the real world as a cartoon character, because people i think he's human i'm not sure i think mario odyssey made me question that a lot especially when he went to the donkey kong sort of uh <laughs> level i'm, re- not, oh, I'm, I'm collecting it's funny that you knew donk city yeah no i'm like i'm actually in the midst of i just picked it up about a week and a half ago some of my friends and i have gone back to it in our doing moon collection to try and yeah. get to 500 so we can unlock the uh dark side of the moon and so I'm yeah. like at 410. I've been playing the heck out of Mario Odyssey recently. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> but yes, he needs uh, to be human in this. Or he needs to be a cartoon in the movie to make it interesting at all. I think it's just ridiculous to make that movie again. But to answer your question, I don't know. Uh, all I can think of is that they wanted something that they thought was low-hanging fruit because it is a game property that is so iconic even though they haven't put out a bunch of new games and that's the thing is that my kids who are 17 and 16 years old they know who sonic is and they have never played a sonic game on their own like in their life like they didn't grow up with sonic in the way that I, you and I did, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
the fact that they could still know who Sonic is, I think that's what it was. Is you're going for anything that has an immediate public recognition because it helps you with your marketing. And you figure you probably have a built-in audience that can get you to X million dollars. I mean, it's all all about money, right? So you have a built-in audience that can get you to X million dollars just because they know the character. And you figure your movie only has to be so good in order to achieve that. Um, and I don't know when it actually got started in production, but I also wonder if the Detective Pikachu movie possibly had some effect on that because it showed that you could, I mean, obviously Pokemon's bigger than Sonic worldwide, but like it showed that audiences were accepting of that kind of CGI'd animal material from a video game and maybe pushed them over the edge saying, okay, you know, we've got one, we've got a mascot, we could... We could do something with this, and let's make some money while and strike while the iron is hot. Yeah, and the mascot thing is starting to become popular again with video games. You had the Crash Bandicoot uh, remakes along with the fourth game, and then they made the Spyro remaster, and then the Medieval remaster. So maybe the we'll, we'll see what I don't know what mascots they have left after that. I think I think Ratchet and Clank. You know, Jack and Dexter, but well, Ratchet and Clank have yeah. a movie. It was yeah, they do, and apparently it wasn't that good. From it's whatever. fine. I yeah. mean, the problem yeah. is like it's the exact same story. Like you were talking about, it is the exact same story as yeah. the recent remake of the original video game, which I love the remake and I I love the series. Yeah. I've played the remake five or six times in order to platinum it. I'm that guy, and <laughs> um, but the movie. It's a lesser version of the story that I get while playing the game because I'm invested in the gameplay. And so it's like, why? I mean, it, it was almost like literally like they took the CGI from the games and it looks slightly less good and put it into a movie format. And so that's what it got. And so it just, it was fine, but it certainly didn't move the needle. And there's just not, you know, Ratchet and Clank, there's not a they're not a known commodity comparatively to like a Sonic. And so like, I agree while they're, they're starting to try and bring back, they're trying to recreate that now. I think that the game companies realize what they had. I mean, Halo has master chief and they've been Mm. sitting on him for a decade, two decades now, you know, trying to get something made with master chief, um, a series or a movie. And there just aren't that many left. And so you got to start kind of hoping for some more. Well, they're trying to. They're gonna make the Metal Gear Solid movie. Oh man! Which, I'm pumped. Oh man! I am very, very worried about it. Why? Yeah. It's got Oscar yeah. Isaac, and it's being made by somebody who loves games and loves the series, and is a like total Kojima stan. So, like to me, that's what I want, right? I don't want the best Hollywood director to make video game movies. I mm. want somebody who understands the medium of video games to make movies like when it came to Uncharted I'll tell you that movie went through 15 or so different directors it's it's like development hell yeah. the one that got me so excited was Dan Trachtenberg because Dan Trachtenberg who made 10 Cloverfield Lane yeah, he got his kind of first notice because he made some short films based on the Portal video games also like top 10 of all time games for me and 
they're incredible. And he's a gamer. He used to be the host of a video game podcast. Like, he yep. understood the story, I think, and could have taken it in a direction. And what we found out is that Sony didn't want him to mess with the script, mm. <laughs> which is what scares me. And so they were like, no. And that's why they kept going through all these directors. But, like, that's why I'm actually kind of low-key excited for Metal Gear, mm. you know? Because I think having a director who, and it's Jordan Vaught Roberts uh, who is directing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. He made Kong School Island. But, like, he has, t- I follow him on Twitter all the time, and he loves that property. And I feel like when you're going to adapt something that's a narrative-style video game, that's what you need. Like, you need somebody who's passionate about it and not just there for the paycheck. I guess that's a fair point. I don't know. I guess because he didn't make, like, a very emotional film. I would want someone who makes, like, independent sort of emotional films who can really tap into the story of the game. Like, for instance, Batman Begin worked not because of the action. The action was terrible. But because the story, the overall vision worked. Here, I don't want someone who's going to just recreate things in the game. I want someone who could bring something different while also being faithful to the game. And Metal Gear Solid, like the movies we were talking about before, are based, you know, on something that's strictly already a story. And I think fitting Metal Gear Solid in, like, a two-hour narrative, it's so jammed with stuff, you can't. It's got to be a series, really. I mean, especially when you bring the Patriots into account. That's going to be a whole mess. I mean... If you were to make a movies, I mean, I would make movie one about Shadow Moses Island, and then maybe movie two about Snake's dad, you know, and then movie three about how his dad, you know, Big Boss, sort of descended into madness, something that uh, the, 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 the latest in the last game, uh, Phantom Pain, I, you know, it very sort of manipulatively marketed itself as something it wasn't in a way, which, you know, I built up my own story in my head with that one, so I was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> when it came out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would just, I don't know how they're going to fit that into a narrative. I feel like it'll just, everyone will be like, why isn't this in the game movie? Why isn't that in the movie? You know, it'll be sort of like one of those things. Yep, they're going to be comparing it to Sonic. They're going to be like, is it going to be as good as Sonic? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a way, it'll be like, well, Sonic was working size. Like, yeah, well, Sonic didn't have an extremely dense story consistent of, you know, each game that had, like, 30-hour cutscenes featuring, you know, like, incredibly long monologues in it. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I guess with that all being said, um, I... I'm excited to see what they will do with the sequel. I'm glad it worked out that this is a movie that should have failed or never even existed but happened. And I think it brought in some new life and energy into Sonic and Sega and uh, all these things that uh, probably needed some life breathed into. And, yeah, it's one of those things where you thought, oh, this is going to be bad, and it turned out to be good. But, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Where can we find you? Well, as you mentioned everywhere, that is absolutely correct. Feelin' Film yeah. is the podcast. F-E-E-L-I-N. Nope. No N. No G. So, yeah. Feelin' with an apostrophe. Film. And uh, there's a website, feelinfilm.com. You can find me on Twitter at Feelin' Film. There's a Facebook group, the Feelin' Film Facebook group, so it's easy to find. And we are available anywhere you get your podcasts. And we do 
two different kinds of episodes. So our main weekly episode is a full spoiler deep dive into a movie, and we tackle it based on the themes and kind of our emotional takeaways from how we responded to a movie. And then we also intermix um, some FF Plus is what we call them, which are about 30-minute usually uh, little short episodes where we review brand new uh, films that are coming up uh, new in theaters or, well, if your theaters are open, or new to streaming. <laughs> so those are spoiler-free FF+, Plus, but the main show, definitely you want to see the movie first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great, and you can find me at You'll Probably Agree or YPA Reviews or at YPAReviews.com. And you can find me, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at YPA Reviews. All right, well, thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on. I loved nerding out about uh, this movie, and I'd love to talk about more video game movies because Heck yeah, there's man. Some- there's some juicy ones, you know, especially uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy movies, what I've always wanted to talk about. Spirits Within it. or the yeah, Final Spirits Fantasy Within. 15? Okay. There's the Final Fantasy 15 tie-in movie that's actually pretty good, too. Oh, wow, yeah. No, the one that actually went to theaters in North America. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, that'll be it for me, and... Uh, Okay, folks, have a good one, and you'll probably agree. This is my power, and I'm using it to protect my friends. <laughs>